Do you ever wonder how great leaders in the community make things happen? When they encounter new unexpected challenges like a pandemic, how do they continue to successfully make an impact? Welcome to That Sounds Terrific, the podcast that connects you with these amazing people. Get insights on what they do to meet their goals. Find out how you can help them in their mission and learn their methods so you can be more successful at what you do. Welcome to That Sounds Terrific with host Nick Koziel. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of That Sounds Terrific. Joining me today is Jason Henderberg of Henderberg Business Solutions, known as Mr. Systems. Love that nickname, by the way. Welcome to the show, Jason. Thanks, Nick. Thanks for having me back. It's uh, been a little bit since we've talked last, so I'm looking forward to another new conversation. Yeah, we had some great conversation and we're going to bring some of those things into this conversation to kind of let our listeners know uh, not only what you do and how you can help them, but maybe how um, they can help you and get involved. Um, we were just talking off air about, you know, doing more video and, and using business our you know, video in our business, um, all important things to kind of kind of get on top of in, in this day and age, right? In the so yeah, um, it, it, we were just talking about how difficult it is to navigate all the different channels. And just when you think you've got to figure it figured out, they change the algorithm on you. So <laughs> right, right, right. And so um, there's lots of different things we can kind of get into that. It's like a, it's a hornet's nest of, of information, right? That's right. So why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about, um, you know, uh, your business and, and maybe how you got that cool nickname of Mr. Systems. <laughs> sure, sure. So I'm a small business consultant and I focus on primarily businesses that are less than 50 people. And typically my clients are those that are growing quickly or are transitioning from maybe a, a smaller family owned business into a more uh, legitimate company that is maybe now a couple million dollars or heading toward that $5 million critical mark and that, that $5 million mark, 50 people, that's a, a big turning point. What I found over the years was that the systems portion of the business is really what kind of got left behind. Uh, you would focus on how you're going to increase revenue or where you're going to advertise next, but the documentation of those systems often got left, be left behind. And uh, it's really critical to make sure that, that those portions of the business are uh, solidified going forward because especially in these this day and age everybody's talking about key person dependency so if i'm the one that has all the knowledge and mm -hmm. i leave that company's in trouble so right. it's getting those things documented right. we talk about that a lot in, you know in higher ed it's the you know, institutional knowledge right so like right. You, know, you have somebody leave, the people just don't know exactly what they did even so um so you're kind of that that helper in, in getting that information kind of across for everyone right that's correct that's so, correct so you, can you take me through a, you know, you know, a scenario of like when you get a, when you're getting a new client, right? What do you, what do you usually kind of pitch to them? And, you know, uh, what are some of the, the key things that you try to, um, you know, not to give away all your trade secrets, but what are some of the key <laughs> things that you can share with us to, to tell us what you do? Sure. Well, my specialty is systems and people often think of that as computer systems, but it's really the way that you will go about each each portion of your business from how you're recruiting employees to how are you setting up your marketing? How are you doing your running your accounting practices? It's the, the overall scope of your, of your processes. Processes is more of a, of, of a finite term, <clears throat> but uh, for me, it depends on the size company. So I have a few startups that are high tech companies and they don't have anything. So we're looking at just the basics. How are your files stored and how are your new employees going to be accessing those files? That's really basic. But in the, the main wheelhouse of what I do is, is that 10 to 25 person company that's growing quickly. And 
the biggest thing that I find is that there aren't usually any discussions about what are the values of the company and then what are the mission. And those words often are, are, are thrown around as just a, uh, a flash in the pan type of a discussion, or you might see them on somebody's website, but they don't hold value, um, no pun intended. Yeah. But for me, it's really important. That's the starting point for me for building a conscious company that knows why they're doing what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And really, once you have that in place, then you can weave usually three to five company goals into those values. And that's when you can start having discussions with your vendors or with your employees utilizing those values and mission. So you're, you're always talking about those things. It's not just something you write down, put on a plaque in the wall, you know, for your customers to see when they come in the lobby. It's really about making sure that you have a values and a, a, a culture that people understand that we're doing things the right way and here's why we're doing it. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the, the first pillar. Um, the next thing for me is making sure you have the right people in place. And really, I like to make sure that people are hiring with uh, emotional intelligence. So often you hear people hiring but only on, well, their resume said they can do this type of computer program or they can uh, use this type of excavator if you're in construction, whatever the job. But right. often they're not looking at the emotional intelligence. How do you interact with your coworkers? Do you want to contribute to the future of the company? And do you understand what it means to be values-based? So that's that's another big thing. Oh yeah, totally. Um, so emotional intelligence is so important. And, and then even just going back to what you were saying before, like how you name a file, right? Correct. Basic. Critical, right? Like how many times have you seen like, you know, like the file naming just be completely different the next time you make the same thing? Like, and even crazier, like I almost, almost, almost every time I'll say 80% of the time when I go into a company, a, there is no consistent even way that they're sharing. So somebody's using Google drive, somebody's yeah. in office 365, somebody's using Dropbox and nobody knows where the files are. So it's that really the basics is just being organized. And it right. sounds so simple, but it, it doesn't happen very often. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that happens all the time in, in, in some of the businesses that I've been in. Um, and the same thing with like, so I, I kind of help with a lot of nonprofit startups or, you know, like small nonprofits. And a lot of times it's the same thing, what you were just saying, the mission and like, why do we do what we do? And like, it's all kind of about the, the, the processes of, of what they do, right? Like we want to, you know, save this type of bird and we want to do this and we want to do that, but they get so far ahead of themselves, like kind of cart before the horse mentality, right? you know, take off little bites and then get to that next big thing. Exactly. So. You can't eat the whole elephant at once, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to keep on giving nice sayings. All it's be great. Um, but no, I think that's awesome what you do, like, uh, especially concentrating on those smaller to medium sized uh, businesses, because um, there's a lot of people that do what you do for like the large corporations and they come Correct. in and they make all these changes. Um, so how do you go about finding your clients? And, and like, you know, can you share a little bit about how um, maybe your your payment schedule kind of like works. Sure, sure. So um, the the biggest portion of the business that I really focus on is systematizing. So that means we're documenting your best practices. We're looking mm -hmm. at all your procedures, policies, how you go about your day to day operations. And for me, that's that's the bread and butter. That and usually I work in a, like a three month um, program. I call a concierge program where I get really in the weeds with your key employees. And I go through front to back, we determine what is your critical client. And that by that, we mean, who is a customer that wants to work for you that appreciates you, and that most importantly, wants to pay for your services. 
because often you'll have that uh, customer that is okay or but they'll, they'll be complaining about your service uh, but they keep coming back or the one that just doesn't pay for 90 or 120 days and your revenue is down so that finding that critical client is important because once you know who that person is or that that type of customer is mm -hmm. i want to make sure that we're focusing your systems on bringing back more of those clients and it doesn't happen overnight but if you systematize your entire business focused on that customer then you're going to be able to attract more of those customers because if uh, the people you hang around with in business or in life are usually similar to you so if you've if you've got a conscious company that is working in an ethical way and they like what you're doing, they're probably going to refer you to other people in their network. And likewise, yeah. you've got somebody that's a jerk, frankly, or they just <laughs> don't pay. They're probably going to be hanging around those same people. So the goal is to, to attract more of the good and then eventually be able to selectively say, um, I'm not going to be doing anything with you going forward, customer X, because you just don't align with my values in the, the way that I'm doing business. And it, it really, um, it sounds difficult because everybody wants to get as much revenue as possible. But right. really, when you focus on that type of a business model, it works and you can actually get more business and get uh, a higher rate of return for the work that you're, you're advertising because uh, people want to or they appreciate what you're actually offering. Right. So you get like your bread and butter clients that, you know, you want to go and get from time and time again. And then you got those people that, you know, the customer isn't always right. <laughs> That's Correct. saying, uh, you know, I had to bring that into play too, because the customer <laughs> is definitely not always right. And uh, especially it seems more and more in these days where, you know, you, you talk about social media again, and you talk about Karens, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> that are just there to complain about complaining about everything. Um but what I, what I really mean by it, the customer isn't always right. It isn't always right for you and your company. So that's I think exactly that's what right. you're saying. Exactly right, Nick. You just nailed it. Yep. Not so, right for you. Yep. Right. Good. And it's okay. It's okay not to take that client or to kind of walk away because I'm sure you've seen this where, you know, the client comes in and, uh, you know, maybe it's complaining like you were saying, or maybe it's just not a good fit and you spend more of your resources and more of your time on clients like that when you could be kind of going back to your, your like what I said, bread and butter clients. Exactly. So it, it doesn't stress out your employees and you're, you know, you're getting paid faster. That's really what it's all about. And it sounds so simple, but most people do, again, just keep chasing as, as whatever dollar will come across their plate. And it just becomes a, an unorganized focus for the company. Right, right. So how do you explain that to the, like, I would say, I guess, the upper management, or do you kind of do it as a whole? Like, yeah, so in a three week uh, or three month engagement, usually it's just the first couple of weeks uh, that I would work with the owner. And um, at, during that period, we spend uh, the first week just looking at, again, who is that, that what is your flow for that customer from marketing, to how you, how you um, uh, solidifying the sale, how are you getting paid? How are you delivering your product? And most importantly, are you able to get that customer to come back again? Because you want that repeat revenue. And that's usually just the first week or two and they're very short uh, supportive engagements. So I'll work with somebody for like a, an hour and a half uh, virtually. And from that, I'll go back and put together an initial flow of what that looks like from the discussion. Then we determine who are your key people inside your company and which departments are are operating uh to support that critical client and that happens usually in the second or third week and by the third week we're also talking about how are we going to extract that information from each of your key employees that are doing the job and this is the beginning of of a systems-based culture is, is after that week three 
And at that point, I don't want to work with the owner anymore because usually they're the bottleneck. They're the one that has all of the, the knowledge in their head. And the goal is to get the owner extracted from the business so they can do better things. They can start another business or think strategically about the company. But after that third week, I want to work with the key people inside the company that understand the processes uh, and do those things day to day. And all we're doing is a very simple um, methodology where we're going to do either a screen recording or an audio recording, or sometimes I'll go on site and do an actual video recording. Um, and that from that, I'll go in and document the systems. We'll actually write down the processes step by step. Maybe it's a checklist, um, mm -hmm. but it's the how-to because you have your your ERP or uh, or a project management software that does who does what by when. And what I like to document is how are you doing that? And you're extracting that that methodology from the person and you're getting it down on paper. So, so you have, this is like an actual manual you're creating? Or... Yeah, exactly. But it's not the old three ring binder that's uh, <laughs> under somebody's desk and dirty and not updated. So um, I use a product called System Hub. There's a couple of, of similar products, but it's it's a very simple online database that houses all of those components. It could be your sample email template, a video uh, could be the screen recording and then the written instructions. And it's going to say, how long should it take me to do this? Right. It's going to say, what tools should I need to do this? So it's very simple. And then you just connect that right into your project management software. So anybody can access it. Sure. And it, uh, it's got to be a living document like that that's easily accessible and can be updated. And a follow-up to that that question is like, do you have recommended things like you know project software that you you would recommend, or is that part of that package that you're talking about, or is it something different? Um, so I will I will help people understand that project management software is important if they have that type of a business, uh, especially if they're in a manufacturing business. But um, there's so many choices these days for that type of software. Um, if it if you're a small company, there's Asana or ClickUp basics like that but then if you're a more complex manufacturing company or maybe a printing company there's they're really finite crms that are built just or i'm sorry erps are just yeah. built for that type of industry mm -hmm. so that's usually not the focus i want to focus on how are you doing the business and sure. storing that information no that makes complete sense and it's good that they're you know you you're clarifying there's other uh, gosh, I cannot talk today. So you could just clarifying about the systems and everything that, that are in place. So like I, I do use Asana myself in, in a variety oh, of perfect. different ways. And um, yep. I found that tool actually through an intern, empowering them to kind of look for, uh, I need we need some sort of project management software. What do you recommend kind of a thing? And they did the research and found it. So um, how about like, you know, I was, I was thinking about how sometimes, especially in higher ed, our systems are structured. Like I'm working in a new position now and it's, although uh, it's at the University of Rochester and that's a huge organization, there are lots of little micro organizations and I work for a center of excellence in there. Do you ever get yourself involved with clients that might be part, uh, part of a larger or organization, but they're kind of like operate in a cell? Exactly right. So when I say I typically want to work with that group that's under 50 people, um, that's usually the, the focus group. So uh, like you said, if you are have if you have a bigger nonprofit and you just have one division that really needs to be systematized and organized, we can chunk that down and just work with that one group. And it, it works the same. And the beauty of the, the process that I have is that it's so supportive. And it's not it's very neutral, meaning it's not um, uh, established for one type of 
industry like manufacturing, construction, insurance agencies. It can be applied to absolutely any company. So I have I have uh, customers that are um, in in very high tech uh, uh, engineering firms that I know nothing about, but we can yeah. systematize insurance companies a company that runs festivals. So it, it can be applied to anything. It's a, just sure. about being organized and uh, getting those systems documented so that your employees feel comfortable doing their job. No, it's good to know because I, I want to make sure that our listeners know that you know if they're in a bigger organization, but they still work as a small team, it, it's possible to get a lot of out, of, out of what you do. Um, exactly. And it's all about being a little bit more organized and um, uh, have a much better approach to what you do um, rather than the size of the institution. So that's, that's exactly. Yeah. And, and people think it's a lot of it is, oh, you're just documenting, you're just writing down. Anybody can do that. Well, what I find is that most people don't have time. Everybody's stretched yep. so thin that it doesn't happen. It doesn't get updated and it's not in a, in a place that is accessible. Um, but beyond the actual physical documenting, it's the culture that we're trying to affect. So to, to wrap the original question you had about the the twelve month engage or sorry three month engagement those last couple of weeks that's what I'm focusing on most with the client is how are you going to make sure that what we're doing now together is sustainable because you don't want to pay me to keep coming back I mean you could right. but you want to be able to have the sustainable culture where your employees are engaged in doing systems updates sure. and here's here's the key to the culture is is um, if you're having a disciplinary problem with an employee or you're you're having to speak with them about something they're not doing properly, typically uh, most people would see the boss saying, I think that you're doing this wrong. And so it's it's the negative connectivity between uh, one person's opinion to another's and it's and it's um, demoralizing to the employee. Yep. So now if you have a values based culture and then is also connected to a systems based culture, now you can leverage both of those topics in a, in a discussion and you can have a more neutral conversation to try to make sure that the employees is felt supported and can do a better job going forward. So you're saying that um, the system doesn't appear to be working mm -hmm. if you had uh, you were training it properly. Um, so how can we improve that system together? Let's redocument that so that it actually works better next time and then you'll be successful based sure. on our values of being collaborative or whatever your company values are. Yeah. But making it a neutral conversation, it works so much better and the employee feels so much more supported. And again, and hopefully will uh, allow them to continue to grow and want to be more uh, involved with the process. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Goes back to what you were talking about, emotional intelligence too, like yes. you know, hiring the right people and uh, making sure that they understand where they, where they fit into the puzzle. And then the, from the top down. Because yes, we've all been in those situations where we're being spoken to by maybe a, a you know a supervisor or the or the big boss saying, "I don't feel this way," and, and then right. you respond with, "I don't feel that way," you know. So that's a great way and a great approach to how um, you know uh, things should be done in an organized way. And again, going back to something else you said that you know I had a question about because um, I'm sure you come across this quite frequently. Uh, when, when they do start those situations where we're going to have an employee organize, right? They're still an employee and they're still sort of reporting to the supervisors or reporting to the big boss. And there's still that weird kind of relationship that comes to play that, you know, the, almost like the politics of the office, right. having someone else come in who's not associated with um, the organization and kind of looking at it from a clean slate 
um, is a good thing. But how do you get past maybe some of that you were hired to reorg or, you know, kind of change the systems or how do you get past some of that? Because I know that there's still that stigma around consultants coming in. Yeah, exactly. Nick. Yep. I've been there myself where somebody was brought in and going to impose the, the, the new idea of the day. So uh, even though I offer a lot of different uh, leadership training and different um, uh, options that I can do, especially for manufacturing construction companies, that's where I provide the most value. Um, but the, the really neat thing about focusing on the, um, on the documentation is it's so neutral. Um, and I'm involved at the micro level of counting or somebody, you know, that's processing the schedule for the job. Um, you become, you get familiar with those people working together to make their job easier. He gets an update or she gets an update, but they aren't involved. So there's not anybody hanging over their shoulders, you know, watching what we're doing. But what we do on week three is I put together a video with the owner. It's the both of us talking and we explain the goal of why we're doing this, the benefits of providing um, this type of a, of a, of a uh, upgrade to the company so that they know from the top down, like you said, Nick, that this is very important and it's not. Um, but by the time three months has passed and I've been working with a lot of the um, middle level people through the company, not telling them what to do at all. All we're doing is documenting their current systems the way they are practicing. They see how I'm operating and how we're documenting. And then they understand that this will be something they'll be doing going forward. During that period, I have a very, very wide range of business knowledge. And I'm looking at how is our payroll set up? Do they have a safety issue? Do they have you know something else going on with the way they're hiring? And I just make notes about those things. Sometimes we'll do that together with a key person. And then after the three months are done, we can go back and look at those items and actually say, okay, I think there should be improvements in these areas. Do you want to do a separate um, investigation on these to make some, to, uh, to uh, get my help on those? But by leveraging that really neutral conversation where we're just documenting what you already do, no pressure, we're not, we're not telling you, you should do something better. It makes it a lot more easy to, um, to get right into the nuts and bolts of how a company operates. So when you're all said and done with everything and you kind of gone through the whole system, um, how do you like get the employees or the you know owner or whoever to kind of stay committed to the cause and, and keep on making the changes without you there? What's the system that you kind of leave them with? Sure. So when we, once the owner is out of the picture, you have to the first couple of weeks, we have a, what's called a systems champion that we like to put in place. So this is usually that person in the office that loves to do things by the book. That's very black and white, um, kind of the, the, the crossing guard type of a mentality. And that person will feed into this type of a plan. There's always one that you can find in, in any office or department that usually likes to operate like this. And that person works shoulder to shoulder with me through the entire process. So that when I'm done, they are the one that actually takes over being the one that others can question or they can hold them, uh, themselves accountable without me. Again, I, uh, sometimes I have customers that will continue like, no, I want you to come back for another three months and we're gonna work on details of a pain point they have. Maybe their mm -hmm. HR is a problem or accounting is a big problem. And we're gonna go deep into documenting those areas. But for the most part, um, we want the, this to be self-sustainable. And in those last couple of weeks, we're also going to put together a couple of very simple um, KPIs or even uh, dashboards for the company so that they can monitor the progress and they can see if they're slipping backwards or if people aren't um, uh, taking systems seriously and keeping up with the documentation. We want everybody to be engaged and it should be um, not uh, something that they're drudge, you know, dreading that they have to do.
Yeah, no, that makes sense. So how do you identify that person or, or people? Do you guys do like um, personality tests, things like that? Or is it just something that kind of comes into play? Yeah, usually it's it's a known thing. I don't I don't have to get deep into doing any type of personality test. Usually as soon as you ask an owner or a couple of people in the company like, oh, yeah, it should be Joe or it should be Sally doing this. It, they know exactly who that person is. And, it, and that's who you want. Um, you don't want to force somebody to do this. You don't want them to be the, the key uh, gatekeeper for all of this knowledge. You want somebody that really loves it and embraces it because it, sure. it's it's got to be sustainable in that fashion. No, that makes sense. And, and, and that's a great way to do it. I was just curious. I think that sure. that's uh, one of those things, like sometimes when you have consultants come in and talking about those things, you get, you have your, are you an EFP? Do you have all those, those personality tests? Sure, sure. So, <laughs> uh, so um, and I can think of a few distinct personalities that roll their eyes as soon as they see those things come into play. Exactly. So, the more we can keep it simple and uh, get the employees engaged in making decisions like this, most people have a good understanding of who likes to do what and who's good at what, whether you have a personality sure. test or not. If you're looking to hire a specific higher end person, absolutely, we can get into doing that type of personality test. But for this, it's really um, that first part, decisions like that are really seat of the pants. People just don't stop and take the time to break down the the really cool values that certain people bring to the table and how you can leverage those. It just, it's just uh, taken for granted a lot of times that, oh, that, Jane does this very well, so let's just move on to do it. No, if you leverage that and really embrace it, and she's going to come alive, and or he's going to come alive and do this even better, then you've really um, done something of significance, and it's sustainable. Like I said, so have you come across where um, you know there's definitely an area of the business that there's a missing you know champion for, and and how do you kind of go about addressing that with with the company? Sure. So it depends on the size company. Uh, with some of the startups that I work with, there literally isn't anybody. And that's where we're, we work together on um, defining what the company's goals are for the next year. And if it's a startup, usually next one to three years tops, because there really yeah. isn't any track record. And then we determine, we look at it and build out a, a fictional org chart I like to do. Mm -hmm. So we say in a year, if you expect revenue to be X, what are you going to need for employees to sustain that? You're going to need a purchasing person. Are you going to need a bookkeeper? Do you need this, that? And we determine who those people are going to be. And then sure. when you're hiring those people, you're strategically finding that personality that will embrace this type of a, of a program going forward. Um, if it's a larger company, then you're going to see if there's somebody else in a different department. Maybe you, like you said, there was a, if it's a very large corporation and they've got a division or some other area, somebody that could come in separately and do this type of work um, or they could have me come in and do that as well right um, so like i said i have some companies that that want me to come back uh every week or every month and just check in in a neutral way and say oh, how are things going can i help with anything right that's great and it's great that you have that option to kind of kind of be pulled back in or um have uh you know kind of them take over from there and kind of move forward and, and maybe check in you know years down the road so um uh, is there anything like um, that I haven't asked that I should be asking that, you know, like, hey, Nick, you totally missed this part of the business or something. <laughs> um, I'd love to know, you know, more and focus on some of the things that you want to you want to get out there. No, I, th I think you did a good job, Nick. It's um, it's always uh, it, some people find it boring talking about systems. I always use the comparison like what's the what's the similarity between these three things like going to the dentist, buying insurance and going to the gym? The commonality is that that most people dread doing those things. But if you don't go to the gym, 
you're not going to be healthy, and then you're going to end up living a shorter life, or you're going to be paying a lot of money at the doctor. So it's the same thing with systems, exactly the same. So you've got to you've got to just do a little bit every day. You're not going to be McDonald's, uh, you know, in a week or in in a month. McDonald's would be the equivalent to like an elite level athlete, where everything everything is systematized so that they can they can have a franchise start up a business immediately and and follow the same best practices as every other um, store that they've got in place. But people get overwhelmed with systems like, oh my gosh, there's to be so much to do. No, we're gonna start in three months just looking at the top 20%. And that could mean like 20 to 25 things we're gonna document, that's it. Yeah. But we're building that culture so that it can be sustainable. And then you keep going back to the gym, you keep improving, improving, improving. And in a year and two years, now you've got an actually a business that can be um, much more uh, uh, self-driven um, uh, and without the owner there answering questions every day. And if the owner wants to sell or start another division or franchise, now you've got an actual playbook, which will completely change the game when you go to the broker and say, I want to sell my business. Well, if you're the owner and all the knowledge is in your head and you only, the rest of your staff doesn't know what you know, then you're not going to be able to sell it for very much. Mm -hmm. But you can exponentially improve the revenue on your sale by having a documented playbook and showing all of your systems and how your company works and turning that over to somebody else that can just pick up the pick up the uh, book and run the company themselves. So there's so many facets to this that's very important uh, yeah. to making sure a company is scalable and saleable. Mm -hmm. I think you you made a really awesome point there um, that would have like you know put me over if we were if we were talking about how why should I hire you right um, I think making that book that shows your business's practices everything that you do how you do it your systems and all those things and how organized you are uh, to like to sell your business to show yep. to even get potential clients too like having that in place and being able to kind of refer to that and show how you do best practices I think is is key. Um, yeah, you know, yep. that, that would have sold me, you know, I'm a business, <laughs> I'm a business of one though. So like, <laughs> it works. I've got, I've got uh, customers that are one or two people and it works yeah. because you're preparing for the future yes. and now you can sell what you're doing or you can scale up, but really there's four stages, um, to that point. Like most companies are in like a, a survival stage where there's fire fighting every day and major bottlenecks. And then they move in, they do a little bit of documenting and they've got a stationary stage where things are good enough but it's the quality is still inconsistent and employees yep. are stressed. Um, what I try to That's do is get into that. That's where yeah. I am. <laughs> Firefighter, did you start the fires? <laughs> I, I do all the time. We were talking about there's just not enough time. <laughs> yeah, we try to move them to the scalable stage. So that's just documenting some things are more consistent. Employees are more comfortable. And that's really, if you're going to bottle up what I do, I try to reduce the stress and anxiety so that you're not worried about somebody leaving and employees aren't worried about coming to work and not knowing what to do. Yeah. Um, and then the, the, the consistency just brings you to the last of the four stages, which is the saleable stage. So mm -hmm. that everything's firing on all cylinders and you could franchise at any time. You could, the owner could walk away for a month at any time and the company would still operate with best practices. Sure. Sure. And, you know, and, and my biggest problem is my boss at that sounds terrific because that's, <laughs> that's me. So, um, and, you know, I thought it was really funny because like in my head, when you were talking about and comparing like uh, lifestyles and being healthy and going to the gym and stuff, and then you, you, you kind of spin off to McDonald's and I'm like, another reason I need to go to the gym. Anymore, <laughs> <right?"> <laughs> 
So yep, shorter but, life and a shorter life to the company if you don't right. do these things. Yeah, yeah. Right. But I but I think that's a good example. Um, good. you know, thinking about McDonald's and 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 other businesses like that, big, big um, you know, uh organizations that have been around and yeah. have like put those systems into place. Um, are there other examples like uh, you know, it could be past clients, it could be, you know, things that you you feel that the companies are doing a really good job with their systems. They're doing good with them. Yeah. So that's where it's a lot of times I'll walk into a company and they've got really good values structure, or they've actually got a really good culture. And that's harder and harder to find these days. Most times we have to overcome a lot of cultural issues. But if if you've got a good culture, and by that I mean people are getting along and they're supportive and employees like coming to work, that's that's so critical. And that's where I'm finding is if they've done already done the work on values and they have a strategy or they just need, maybe sometimes they just need those things put together um, at a bigger company level at, you know, so that their sales is tied in with production, is tied in with shipping or accounting and pull those departments together. Um, that makes things a lot easier. And usually that's what I see. The companies are just siloed. They're doing yeah. good work. The people are trying, but they're just siloed and they haven't stopped. Take a breath, look at the big picture. Are we still on track? Do you have another mission for the next three years, five years? What are we doing to work towards those goals? And usually it starts again, once you have that conversation, how are your systems? You know, Because every, I just posted this morning on social media that uh, every pro business problem is a systems problem. It really sure. comes down to if you have a problem with hiring, it's because you didn't have a proper system in place for hiring. So, you know, everything's a, a systems-based issue. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, and I, I think that that's great. And actually that's terrific. So we can kind of like- <laughs> That's terrific. Throw that, yeah, throw that back in there. I'm sure my audience is super, super psyched about every time I throw that word in there. Um, but Jason, I, I really appreciate having you on the show. I think you're doing uh, terrific work. And I, and I think that uh, people should be, hiring you um, to kind of come in and do those things and create systems because it, it really does, um, once you have a good system in place, it really does make work a lot more fun and actually exactly. improves the environment uh, for your employees. So um, we'll have your contact information and your website and all those things in the show notes. Um, thank you again for being on the show. Um, Thanks, Nick. Yeah, yeah, it's good talking with you again. Thank you for joining us in another episode of That Sounds Terrific. Don't forget to check out the show notes and our website at thatsoundsterrific.com to find the contact information and the best ways to volunteer with the organizations that we feature. If you know someone that is doing terrific things and think they should be featured in a future episode, be sure to email us their name, contact info, and short description of what they're doing at thatsoundsterrific at gmail.com. If you like our show, give us a five-star rating and give us some social media love by liking our Facebook page, That Sounds Terrific. Follow us on Twitter at Sounds Terrific 2 and Instagram at Sounds Terrific. We love hearing your feedback on how to make our show sound even more terrific. Till next time.